This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. Welcome back to Worth Recovery, a podcast featuring women in sex addiction. My name is Amy. I'm a recovering sex addict, and I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012. That is three years and seven months for those of you that are counting. (laughs) I'm incredibly grateful for that and my higher power and all those who continue to support me in recovery. When I met with Dr. Aaron Glade in Seattle a few weeks ago, I shared some of that interview in episode 50. He said something that really stuck with me. We were reminiscing about my five-year anniversary date of starting recovery. And he said, though that might not be your sobriety date, Amy, it doesn't mean that you don't have five full years of recovery. Everyone, when they start something new, falls a few times and maybe lots of times even. I was grateful for that. I'm grateful for his words. I thought about it a lot. I've thought about it a lot the last few days. He is so right. We don't wait to say a baby can walk until she can do it perfectly. We record her very first steps, which usually end in a fall, and we say, yay, she can walk. We send the video or pictures out to everyone that we know, and we celebrate this first milestone. You know, recovery is the same way, guys. We start and we're going to have some falls along the way. But as long as we keep getting up and keep trying again, we are moving forward in recovery. Maybe you've had some falls. I know I did. I had some major falls. It took me 18 months of learning and practicing new skills, making new relationships, learning new things to finally feel like I had my feet under me and they weren't so wobbly. And then I was able to find a sobriety that worked, one that stuck for me. It doesn't mean I don't have triggers or that I slip occasionally, but I have more tools now and more knowledge and ways to stop and change and move on. If you're just starting out, slips and falls are expected, ladies. It is how we figure things out. It is how we learn to trust our legs. It takes time to stabilize yourself and learn how to walk in this new set of rules and this new world that you're creating for yourself. If you've been in recovery for a while and you're not stabilizing on your feet, if you're always wobbly and you can't seem to find a sobriety that works for you, then it is time to reevaluate what you're doing. Is therapy working for you? Are you going to enough meetings? Are you connecting with other women? Are you changing your habits and behaviors? Are you working the steps of recovery? If you've been doing this for some time and you're not stabilizing, then it is time to make some changes in your process. So I just encourage you to do a quick self-evaluation today. Am I stabilizing? Am I like a baby learning to walk who just keeps getting up and eventually I'm making progress and eventually I won't fall? Or are you just wobbly all the time? And even though you've been trying for a while, you don't seem to stabilize. If that's the case, ladies, then do something new. Make some changes. Try to figure something out that might move things forward for you. 
Today is episode 47, and we're continuing our study of the 12 steps of recovery. We're picking up where we left off with steps five. So far in episode 43, we talked about why a self-appraisal is just not enough. We need and must do something with our fourth step inventory. It's not enough to just hold on to it ourselves. In episode 45, we discussed the difference between admitting we were wrong and admitting the exact nature of our wrongs. There is a subtle difference there, one that can make all the difference when it comes to repeating these wrongs. When we look at the exact nature of our wrongs, we are more likely to change the faulty thinking, the faulty core beliefs, and the character defects that caused us to make the wrong in the first place. Digging deeper and finding the exact nature of our wrongs helps us stop acting out these character defects and helps us move forward with our lives. Now we have two episodes left to discuss step five. Today's episode, episode 47, again, I know we're a little out of order here, but we're going to get caught up, is titled Admittance. Step five reads, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Step five asks us to admit this exact nature of our wrongs to three different people, God, ourselves, and another human being. I want to discuss how we include God in our fifth step, first of all, and then second, how we include ourselves. And then finally, who is this right human being to share our fifth step with? Now, before we jump into those three ideas, I want to make a few quick announcements. First, we have coming up on January 21st, that's 2017, which is not that far away, our second Worth Recovery event. This is going to take place in Salt Lake City, Utah, and I am super, super excited about this. I had such a great time in Seattle in July meeting with other female addicts to talk, to fellowship, and to learn. I was inspired by their struggles, by who they are, by their willingness to step out of their comfort zone and participate in an event like this. I'm excited to do the same thing in Salt Lake in January. Today, I want to tell you about one of our presenters. Her name is Candace Christiansen. Candace has worked in the mental health area for close to 20 years. She's a certified sex addiction therapist. You know how big I am on that CSAT specialist. And she specializes in trauma, eating disorders, and multicultural violence against women. Her experience is so diverse, guys, including working with survivors of domestic violence, men and women with sex and substance abuse addictions, as well as the partners of addicts. As a survivor of complex trauma herself, Candace understands what it takes to heal completely in order to live a wholehearted life. I'm thrilled Candace is going to be joining us in January, where she's going to share with us some of her knowledge about the role of trauma in addiction. You can find more about Candace and about our event in January on the website worthrecovery.com. Now, second, I want to give our usual shout out to our Worth Warriors. Woohoo! Go, 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 Worth Warriors! It takes a lot of time to write, produce, edit, and post these podcast episodes. It takes money as well, guys, to host these episodes, to travel, to find women and experts willing to share their time with us. 
The Worth Warriors support this cause with a small monthly contribution. It is my mission to keep this podcast free for women throughout the world to be able to connect with other women in recovery. Do you know how rare this is? I didn't really know until just a few weeks ago. There are very few female addicts out there trying to help and support other women in recovery. Not that they don't want to, just that there's not really a big avenue in order to do that. That is true of addiction in general, but especially true of sex addiction. There are currently only three of us, three sex addicts out there publicly announced that I'm a sex addict and trying to help other females in sex addiction. Yet, female sex addicts are a growing population. At least they are starting to speak up and get the help that they need. Worth Warriors help us keep this podcast free. They guarantee that when a woman reaches out for help with sex addiction, that she has the voice and the hands of other women that reach back to her. Thank you, Worth Warriors. You can become a Worth Warrior for as little as $4 a month. Just $4 makes a massive contribution to this cause. Get on the website, worthrecovery.com, and click on the Worth Warrior banner. Thank you so much. Okay, let's jump into today's topic. Remember that we are discussing the process of admittance that step five asks from us. The first admittance we make is to God. We admitted to God the exact nature of our wrongs. Just a real quick reminder, when we talk about God in recovery, we are referencing the higher power of your understanding. Whatever the higher power is for you, however you define your higher power, it is essential that we share our fourth step inventories and the exact nature of our wrongs with our higher power. Why? Why is it essential that we would include the God of our understanding in this step? I love what the NA, Narcotics Anonymous, step guide says on this topic. Quote, In NA, we experience a way of life where the spiritual meets the everyday, where the ordinary meets the extraordinary. When we admit the exact nature of our wrongs to the God of our understanding, our admission becomes more meaningful. Close quote. I just love the way that's worded. In recovery, we experience a way of life where the spiritual meets the everyday. If we have worked steps one, two, and three in a thorough manner, we will want to include God in this step. In step one, we admitted we were powerless, not only just over our addiction, but pretty much over our entire self. I know I am totally powerless. In step two, we came to believe that our higher power could restore us to sanity. And in step three, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of this higher power. Admitting to God the exact nature of our wrongs is admitting just how insane we are and owning our starting place. See, our higher power is going to restore us to sanity. We need to know where that restoration process needs to start, our own personal starting place. We need to know just how far down we have gone so that we know how far we will be working to move back to sanity. Including God in this admission helps us both be on the same page about where we are starting from. This is where the spiritual meets the everyday, as N.A. suggests. The other reason to include our higher power in this admission is to reaffirm our third step decision to turn our will and our life over to the care of God. 
When I got ready to do my fifth step admission to my sponsor, I had a lot of fear. On one hand, I was scared that she would tell me that I wasn't good enough, that I didn't have enough detail, that I didn't have enough written down even. I was scared she was going to make me work more and more and more on it. On the other hand, I was totally scared of rejection as well. I was scared she was going to tell me that I had gone too far, that she couldn't help me. I was scared that she was going to reject me for the things that I had done, for the harm I had caused, for all the resentments that I had. I realized I was also scared that my higher power was going to reject me as well. Like somehow after taking my inventory, I was afraid he would say to me, wow, Amy, wow, I I didn't know that what I was getting into. I'm not sure I can restore you to sanity. Now, (laughs) looking back on that now, I know that was just a reflection about how I felt about myself in those lists. I was thinking, wow, Amy, I didn't realize you had so much garbage in your life. But I was projecting that onto everyone in my life, my sponsor, my support group, my therapist, and even my higher power. It was like I was expecting him to say, well, Amy, um, I can only fix you this much, or I can only fix these events in your life. Like somehow even my higher power was going to reject parts or even all of me. It was a real fear. And if I'm honest, it's a fear that I sometimes still struggle with today. That somehow I'm past help or that I'll never be restored all the way to sanity. But including my higher power in my fifth step admission of my wrongs is an opportunity for me and for all of us to reaffirm our third step decision that we will turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. And it's an opportunity for us to test that care of God, to see that our higher power is really ready and willing to accept all of us. Every fear, every resentment, every acting out, every harm done, every emotion, every wrong we have ever committed. Our higher power is ready to accept all of us, in fact, wants all of us. That is the only way we actually turn our will and our life over to the care of our higher power is when we give our whole self. Admitting to God the exact nature of my wrongs helped me to shake loose the last few faulty core beliefs that I had about acceptance, about love, about my higher power's willingness to help me. It was incredibly powerful in my life and really helped me to solidify my relationship with God. Now, how exactly do we do this? How do we include our higher power in our admission? Well, that's totally up to you. Some make a formal admission to God apart from their admission to another person. Some invite the presence of their higher power while they make their admission to another person. Because your higher power is unique to you, you need to find a way that works for you. A way that helps you include your higher power. I did a combination of those two ideas. Some I wanted to discuss in detail with my higher power alone, just the two of us. But then I also invited the presence of God to be with me when I gave my fourth step inventory away to my sponsor, when I took my fifth step. I challenge you to think about it. How will you include the God of your understanding in your fifth step? Make a plan and then work your plan. 
Now, second, we admit to God and to ourselves, that's the second people, the second person, the exact nature of our wrongs. There is a difference between writing something down and emotionally connecting with it. You may have very eloquent lists stating everything that you did, everything that happened, every twist and turn of your past. But do you, do you own that? Have you really acknowledged and accepted that this is your life? When we truly admit to ourselves the exact nature of our wrongs, a humbling process goes on inside us. See, while I was in my addiction, and even in my early years when there were still some layers of denial around things, it wouldn't matter what people told me about anything. I believed what I wanted to believe. I didn't care what they said. I did what I wanted to do and also didn't care what they said. People could, very kindly even, point out that I was doing something wrong or that what I was doing wasn't really working for me. I mean, they were really trying to be compassionate. I could act appropriately in the moment, accept their words graciously and move on, but inside, I was seething with anger. Who do they think they are? I would say to myself, why do you think you need to offer me advice? No matter what they seem to say, my behavior didn't change and my resentment and my anger grew. It wasn't until I truly, on my insides, in my innermost self, accepted that I was wrong, did things start to change in my life. Sometimes staring at these lists we created in step four, we can't believe or connect with them. Maybe we rationalize the inventory away. Maybe even as we write things down, we're counting in our heads the wrongs that the other person did. I had a huge problem with that when I was writing my fourth step. But I did take the action. I did write the fourth step. And I went through and wrote my list. Now, in step five, I have to do more than just have these written lists in front of me. I have to connect with the list. I have to admit to myself the exact nature of my wrongs. Now, how do we do that? How do we admit to ourselves? How do we connect emotionally with the list? For me, it was all about my best thinking. My very best thinking got me here. I would read that in the AA book. I hated it, but I would read it over and over again. My very best thinking led me to an addiction to a string of broken relationships, to the inability to cope with life on life's terms. My very best thinking landed me in a therapist's office, in a sex addiction fellowship, and to a depressed, I would say almost miserable existence. Yet, at the same time, I considered myself pretty intelligent. I read, I listened, do things that most people can't dream of, like solving differential equations and complex integrals or physics problems. I'm pretty smart, I would tell myself. But I also have an addiction that is ruining my life. The dichotomy and contradiction of those two things was hard for me to reconcile. I would work to rationalize and justify things away on both sides of the equation. But the more I did that, the more likely I was to act out. So finally, I had to come to the only conclusion that worked. I was wrong and my thinking was flawed. And finally, then, I found some compassion for myself and for those around me. If my very best thinking got me here, 
then their very best thinking got them to where they were. And in the end, we were all just using our very best thinking, which wasn't working for either of us. And I was filled with compassion, not only with my, for myself, but for all of these people that on my list that I had been mentally counting the harms that they had done me. I love what the 12 and 12 says about this on page 59, quote, Only by being willing to take advice and accept direction could we set foot on the road to straight thinking, solid honesty, and genuine humility, close quote. Admitting to myself the exact nature of my wrongs, admitting and owning it, opened me up to be willing to take advice and accept direction in my life. It allowed that humility and that humbling process to come in. It allowed me to stop thinking about what others had done to me and look at what I had done to others. It helped me emotionally connect with my lists. You'll have to find something that will work for you, that will help you emotionally connect to your list and help you admit the exact nature of your wrong to yourselves on whatever that inside is and whatever it needs to look like. Now there's a third person in this equation too. After we've admitted to God and to ourself, step five says we admit to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Now, in episode 43, we discussed why a self-assessment just isn't enough, why we must share our fourth step inventory with someone else. The question here is, who do we share it with? Who is this other human being? Ideally, you're working with a sponsor as you move through these steps. You've built up a relationship with them and you trust them. This is a great person to admit the exact nature of our wrongs. It will be to their and to your advantage to have your sponsor know all of this information. They can help you see patterns and point them out in the future as well. They can help you build some self-compassion. But I also know that not everyone who is working the steps, particularly women, have the opportunity to have a sponsor. There's just not enough of us, especially in sex addiction, to be able to sponsor each other. Either way, the Big Book of AA offers us some advice on the qualities this person needs to have. These come from pages 74 and 75. They recommend someone who is closed mouth, understanding, able to keep a confidence, and someone who will not try to change our plan. See, sometimes confronted by our own brutal honesty, others will shy away. Not everyone can handle rigorous honesty. It is uncomfortable for someone who doesn't live that way all the time. Be cautious in choosing someone to hear your fifth step admittance. I love the way that the essay white book describes this period of time when you're admitting to another human being the exact nature of your wrong. This is on page 114 and it says, quote, the giving and receiving of the fifth step is a precious experience for both parties. Time stands still and we meet another human being in the deepest inner sanctuary of their souls, often where no one has ever been before. There is a true spiritual union here communion and spiritual awakenings are born here for God is here. Close quote. I believe that 
Having both given and received a fifth step, it is a precious time, a different experience than I have ever had. There is true spiritual union here, and I have felt the presence of my higher power each and every time. This fifth step is a turning point in our recovery. This is where we turn from the past and look to the present and the future. There are so many things you can do and the person receiving your fifth step can do to help you make that shift from the past to the present to the future. And that will be the topic of our final episode on this step, episode 49. It works when I work it. When we go through this admittance process to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs, there are many things we can do then to lay this fourth step to bed, put it in our foundation of our recovery, and to start looking towards the future. There's also some things that we need to do with our lists. And there are some great things that our sponsor or the person receiving our fifth step can do with our lists to help us move forward as well. That's what we're going to discuss in our next episode, episode 49. And that will come out in the middle of next week. We're going to do three episodes next week to help us kind of get caught up for the little bit of space that I had before. Now, as always, ladies, I hope you remember that no matter what is going on in your life, no matter how far you think you've gone, no matter how you feel in this moment, even if you feel like your higher power won't accept you, I know that that's not true, and I know that you are worth recovery. You are 100% worth it. I know that. Keep up the fight. Don't forget, you can support Worth Recovery by being a Worth Warrior. If this podcast has helped you even just a little bit, if you think it's worth 50 cents, get online and join the movement. All the details are on the website, worthrecovery.com. Ladies, I think about you. I pray for you. I love you. Until next time. Amy. stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.